Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Good morning. Happy New Year. So glad y'all joined us today in the snow. The roads actually weren't bad when I came in. And the music team was here an hour before I was, an hour and a half. So, did everyone have a good New Year's? Yeah, we had a lot of fun here. I danced so much that my foot was swollen. Still can't walk. I think I did something else. Anyway, uh, we're entering 2022 now. How many are still right in 2021? We have to leave the past behind us. Yesterday's gone. Today's here. Tomorrow's not yet. I'm going to be talking today about yesterday's manna. I mean, how many remember when you could eat an O. Henry ice cream bar four cookies, a chocolate milk for breakfast, a fries and gravy for lunch, and a large pizza for dinner. And you felt like you owned the world. I think if I tried that now, I'd be in a coma. Can't do that no more. You have to understand what used to sustain you in the past may not sustain you moving forward. You know, a moment ago, my wife was up here and she's challenging the church. You need to make some declarations over your life, right? And what declarations are you making? I feel like so many people are making negative declarations at this season in their journey, and they need to start changing the words that come out of their mouth to positive declarations. Start speaking the word of God over your life. Stop speaking what you see and start speaking in faith. Align your words with the truth from his word. We'll come back to that maybe in a few minutes. Past victories, past failures, past accomplishments, past offenses, past wrongs, they all have to go. You can't continue living in the victories of the past, just like you shouldn't stay in the failures of the past. You know, there was a football game on New Year's Eve. I'm glad I missed it. It wasn't a very good game for some. Okay, so, you know, Georgia played Michigan, and they, 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 they beat them pretty thoroughly, right? But Michigan, if they're focusing on their win over Iowa or their, or their win over that other team from Ohio, <laughs> I won't even say their name. <laughs> but what happens is you can't live in the past victory. You have to be focused on what's happening now. And sometimes teams do that. They get this victory hangover and then they get smeared, right? We do that in life. You know, I'm I'm pushing 50 now. I had some victories when I was 17, but I can't live off the victories when I was 17. Just like I've moved beyond some of the failures I made at 17, right? We don't don't stay in the past. There's a verse in Mark 2.22. Jesus talks about how No one puts new wine in old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. 
New wine calls for new wineskins. And then John Gill, in his commentary, he actually breaks this down really good. So I just kind of copied his notes from John Gill commentary. But he, he talks about the old bottles are meant to be the scribes and the Pharisees. They, they, they lived fairly righteous, but it was a religious righteous. It wasn't a relationship righteous. And Christ came to call uh, new wine, which is the love of God that he was bringing to people, right? And, and the gospel and the message of hope that Jesus brought. Religious people didn't want to hear it because they didn't think they needed it. And, and the new wine will burst the old wineskin. And the gospel... It filled the Pharisees and the scribes with rage and fury, and they despised it. And, and that aggravation of their sin and the aggravation of their misery, you know, they needed Christ's death too, but they didn't even recognize it at the time. And, and what do we do? We take the message of hope and we put it into the heart of the repentant sinner. You following me? People that realize that they're sinners and they need salvation and they need to be saved by grace. And then they get renewed in their mind like babies. And then they desire the, the milk of the word, right? So the love of God that Jesus brought when he came, the religious leaders of the day rejected it. That message of hope that he brought, it would have destroyed them and it did because they thought that they were good enough without God. None of us are good enough without God. And, and, you know, he, he even explains it a little bit more because I read Mark 2, but they tell the same story in Matthew 9. And, and he's talking about the folly of the scribes and the, and the Pharisees and their zealous attachment to tradition. And there's whole denominations that base their doctrine based on tradition plus the Bible. Plus, plus, plus. But we, we only want to build our doctrine based on the truth from God's word. As soon as you start adding traditions of man to the conversation, it creates a problem. And that's why in your life, in your worship experience, in your family, things change. Right? The stage looks different than it did a few years ago. I mean, Kim, you showed us that skit from like a long time ago when we were all a little bit younger, and you looked exactly like Nathana looks today. <laughs> Is that Nathana on the stage? But our stage used to look different. In fact, the baptism tank, it wasn't hidden behind a wall. It was right there, and we'd be doing service, and people would be getting baptized in the background. I'm not sure how the baptism teams did that without being distracted. <laughs> it worked. But... You know, we've made some changes and some adjustments. Things change. Change is okay. Change is, usually it can be good. I'll challenge you. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, whether you're listening to me live or by stream, I want to encourage you. Repent of your sin and give your life to Christ. It'll, it'll change your life. You know, for me... I love uh, Sir Robert Frost, two roads diverged in the wood. I, I took the road less traveled by. That made all the difference. The road less traveled by in Christianity is following Christ. You follow Christ, it'll make all the difference in your life. And, and my life has been transformed and changed by the power of Jesus Christ. He'll change your life too. It starts with repenting of your sin and turning your life around. 
God will do the work. You just have to trust him and put your faith in him. So if you need to give your life to Christ, make sure you come talk to us immediately after the service. If you're on the stream, message, I think Dan's on there this morning. Message Dan, and he'll, he'll put you in touch with someone who can pray with you. You know, in Exodus 16 that they read for you, uh, Karen and Derek read for you a little bit earlier, there, there was some background before they got to verse 14, and the first thing was the whole community of Israel was complaining to Moses and Aaron about Moses and Aaron, you know? And, and it kind of cracks me up because, you know, what did they say? If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us in the wilderness to starve us all to death. <laughs> My mind goes to, we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. And some of you will get that later. But when the Israelites were complaining, they totally forgot a part of the conversation, the fact that they were slaves. The fact that they had taskmasters who would whip them and make them work and do menial hard labor. They, they, they forgot about that part. Oh, we had food in abundance. <laughs> you might have. But they were slaves. They, 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 they forget how quickly do we forget what God has brought us out of? How quickly do we forget what life was like before we knew him? And, and I find in churches, people come in and they're passionate for a season and then they get comfortable and complacent. And I'm here to tell you, there's no room for complacency in Christianity. Not here. We have to stop complaining to God. We have to start asking God. Stop complaining to God about what's going on. Start asking him. Start making your requests known. Start making declarations. Start aligning your faith with where you want to go. It took Israel 40 years to get there. It took them 40 years to get this. Hopefully we'll get it a little sooner. Actually, most of that generation died off because they never did get rid of the slave mentality. I think there was only two that didn't. Two out of a whole generation. Let's not be that generation, right? And we have to stop telling God how big our problem is and start telling our problem how big our God is. You've heard this before. But do you really want your life to go back? Think about it to the life of sin, to the life of shame, to the life of pain, to the life of loneliness, to the life of hurt and heartache that you came from? Do you really want to go back to that? Because sometimes we sit around and say, God, oh, it was so good before. Was it? Because it was so good that something inspired you to change. Something inspired you to come to Christ. Something inspired you to turn your life around. And then... Moses, you know, okay, look, God says, Moses, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for them. I'm going to test them. What do you mean? God tests people? Yep, he does. Sometimes he tests you. How many like tests? Here's a thought. If you don't pass the test the first time, Rinse and repeat. 
Let's try that again. And if you don't pass it the second time, and usually around the third or fourth time, you get discouraged. He wanted people to follow his instructions. It was pretty straightforward. God said, I'll give you food. This is how I want you to handle the food I give you. Right? Sometimes God asks you to do something very specific. It might be a test, right? And, and other times, we go by his general revelation to us as our guideline to live, and within that, sometimes he gives you something specific. But what was the specific thing God said? Each household should gather as much as it needs, pick up two quarts for each person in, in the tent, in your tent. And the people did what they were told. Some gathered a lot, some a little. So that kind of confuses me. They did what they were told, some a lot, some a little. But at the end of the day, they all had what they needed. But Moses said, this is what you need to understand. Don't keep any of it till morning. How much were they supposed to keep till morning? But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it till morning. And then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. And then Moses was angry with them. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm pretty sure their neighbors weren't too happy with them either. You know, disobedience to God leaves a nasty stink on your life. Leaves a nasty stench. And partial obedience is not obedience. What do you mean? Partial obedience. Well, God, I gave my 8%. Jesus, listen, I'm so much better than I used to be. I only get drunk on Friday nights now. And then I'm sober Sunday morning. I love spreading gossip and lies. Do you? Really? Because the Bible has lots to say about our tongue and the words we speak. Seriously, God, you can't expect me not to have sex outside the covenant of marriage. It's 2022 now. The world has changed. The Bible's obsolete. Partial obedience is not obedience. You're only fooling yourself. You don't fool God. You might even fool me or others. You can fool the person sitting next to you, but you can't fool God. God rested on the seventh day of creation. There's a principle here. You work for six days, you rest for one. People who do this physically and emotionally, they are going to do much better. They will, they will respond to life much better. So we have to start realizing that, let's go to Philippians 3 and then I'll get there. We need, we need to leave the past behind us. I don't mean to say, verse 12, I've already achieved these things, this is Paul, and I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. What does he say next? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So this is Paul, great apostle Paul. What does he say? Forget what's behind you and focus on what's ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive 
the heavenly prize. So we should be focused on heaven, not yesterday. You need to focus on heaven, not what happened this morning. Because with this many people in the room, I'm sure someone had a fight on their way to church. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. How many like to think they're mature? Well, here's the the thing that makes us mature, (laughs) right? We just talked about it. If you disagree, I believe God will make it plain to you. Paul's like, you know what? Some of you are immature. You disagree with me, but trust me. God God will reveal it to you. You'll get it eventually when you grow up. We must hold on to the progress we've made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. If I've said it once, I've said a hundred times, follow me as I follow Christ. If I stop following Christ, stop following me. We only follow people that are following Christ. And, and learn from those who follow our example. I've told you often before, and I say it with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. ruh That means there's people out there that proclaim Christ but they're really his enemies because their lifestyle, the way that they live, the way that they speak, the way that they act goes contrary to what they've been taught. Let's not be those people. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about life here on earth. Where's your citizenship? Heaven. We are primarily citizens of heaven. He says that. We're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them to glorious bodies like his own using the same power which which he will bring everything under his control. I'm gonna suggest to you that you leave the past in the past and draw a line in the sands of time and begin a new year with a new outlook, heaven. But I'm gonna tell you something. You're gonna need to get a fresh word from God. He wants to give you specific revelation every day. Now, he won't give you specific revelation outside of his general revelation. In other words, he's not going to tell you specifically something that disagrees with what he's already revealed to us in the Bible. People do that, and I look at them and go, yeah, no. But God told me, no, he didn't. He couldn't. Because his specific revelation to you will never contradict his revealed will in his word. The scriptures. And, and are you filled with the spirit? We are a spirit-filled church. There's some spirit-filled people in here. I feel your pain, Jeremiah, from the other night when you were trying to get that response from everybody and they were kind of like, yeah, no. Need more coffee. Listen, if you're filled with the Spirit, do you still pray in tongues every day? Are you being filled every day? Or did you get comfortable and you only pray in tongues when you have to? Now, my wife is better at this than I am. Not praying in tongues. We do that. In my closet, I have three sets of clothing. She's better at this. I have the stuff that fits me right now. 
I have the stuff that almost fits me or fits me on a good day. And then I have some stuff that's never going to fit me again. <laughs> that last category, it needs to go. Because what I wore in the 90s, it's just not working for me today. Even if it does come back, it's not going to fit. <laughs> and then I really shouldn't wear it. <sighs> we do this with our hearts too, don't we? We live in the past glories. You know, you've all told the stories of the past victories, and that's okay, that builds faith, but we can't live on that. That shouldn't feed you anymore. You know, that goal I scored that one time when I won the game 30 years ago. I had a laugh. My daughter came over with her boyfriend the other day, and uh, my brother-in-law decides to challenge this young kid to a push-up and pull-up contest. 117, 146, who do you think won that? <laughs> no, the 17-year-old. Guess who's listening to Rocky now trying to get in shape for the rematch. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was 17 once, and I could compete with a 17-year-old, but I'm not 17 anymore. I can't do that no more. Nor do I want to or feel the need to. <laughs> Don't you remember that time when, you know, oh, this happened, or I did this? We live on that, right? Or... How many of you are enslaved by past failures? That time you didn't handle that situation like you thought you should. You spoke too harshly to your wife, to your children, to your husband. Those words just kind of came out. Sometimes there's a price for our action. Sometimes there's consequence. Some of you have probably paid some consequence in your life for some things that you've done. Anybody? We don't need to stay enslaved to our past failures. You know, if Jesus already paid your debt, why are you still trying to pay your debt? You ever eat out somewhere, and then at the end, they give you the bill? So you give them the bill plus a nice tip because you prayed over your food? Did you catch that? Okay. And, and, and what happens is, if someone pays the bill at the table, do you go pay the bill again? If your sin debt's been paid by Christ, why are you still trying to pay off your sin debt? The Israelites never figured out that they weren't slaves anymore. Well, that generation didn't. And they all died in the wilderness. They never achieved the promise they died in the wilderness because they couldn't move beyond slave mentality. If you're enslaved to your past failures, you will never move beyond the wilderness and get to the promised land that you want to live in. We have to let them die. We have to lay it down. You need to purge the closet of your heart. It's necessary. Listen, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. 
In Psalms 51, David is writing here. I'm going to start reading in 7 to 11. You know, and David, he's really real. He's really raw. He says, purify me from my sins and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Give me back my joy again. You've broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't let me keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Don't banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Stand with me. I think I can stand. I'm not going to walk around much. Take a moment and look within. Whether you're at home or whether you're here with me, look within. What's going on in your heart? Are you stuck in the past? Are you living on an old word that's already been completed? You need a fresh word. Fresh, new word from God every day. Are you eating stale maggoty bread that stinks? Are you being partially obedient when God's calling you into something and you're only doing part of it, but not all of it. And then you're wondering why you feel like he's not pleased with you. It's the beginning of the year. I want to challenge you. We can't live 2022 based on what we did in 2021. There's some things that are always going to be standard. You pray, you read your Bible. Mitch referenced it earlier. You want the Holy Spirit in your life every day, not just when you come to church or not just when you get around the saints. We need to live spirit-empowered lives 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right before we go to the table to celebrate communion for the first time this year, Dale, why don't you come up now and share? Dale has a word he's going to share with you. You can remain standing. There's a mic there. Okay. So the word I have for us here today, and it's for actually for the body of Christ. And it come uh, yesterday morning when I was praying, and it happened to be the word new. And the scripture that Mitchell uh, quoted Isaiah 43, 79, was part of this word. And the word that God gave me was, he's doing a new thing. And this year, and Jade said that too, and I said, wow, here we go. That's confirmation, you know. But the thing is, it's a new, God is doing things new in each and every one of us. And it's new. He's renewing our mind. We have a new mind. Okay, we have new faith, we have new health, we have new <clears throat> words, a new boldness as we go out. Everything is new. Today is a new day. This is a new year. So our focus is today that 
and through this year is God has renewed. The old is past. Forget the past. As Pastor RJ's been saying, forget the past. Everything is new. He's doing a new thing. Amen. Create a presence so that you can receive your daily fresh bread of life. I don't think there's one person here who does not appreciate fresh, homemade, hot bread. And that hot bread, God can give you each and every day. Just make that time. So on behalf of Paul and I, and Windsor Christian Fellowship, and Pastor RJ and Mary, we are grateful to you.